0: Ah, just a a little bit of news here locally today. No biggie. Joe Oliva steps down. Scott Woodward in. NFL schedule release. David Griffin introduced with the Pelicans. My goodness. What a day here. Quick look at the NBA playoff scoreboard. Milwaukee... Defeats Detroit 120-99. to They're up 2-0 in that series. The Celtics take care of the Patriots, 99-91. to They're also up 2-0. And Houston on their way to defeating Utah 83-66. We'll keep you updated on that game as we go along. As always, on Wednesday, we try to bring Carter Bryant on in to talk about, well, whatever we want to talk about, but it's obvious what we're going to talk about today. Carter Bryant, at Carter the Power on Twitter, host of the Carter Bryant Show on 107.1 FM and 1400 AM in South Arkansas. Stand-up comic, LSU grad and supporter. And Carter, welcome back to the show. What a day, man. My goodness.
1: What a day. What a day. What a day, Seth. Let me tell you. A new era of LSU athletics has begun, and it, it's just strange, Joe, that they've moved on finally from Joe Oliva. And and here's the thing about LSU fans that people have to understand is that LSU is just such a big school when it comes to family. Uh, Joe Oliva is a guy that followed a guy by the name of Skip Bertman, who in my opinion is not only the greatest LSU Tiger of all time, but – the most beloved lsu tiger as a coach and an athletic director and we saw it this year i mean you know joe oliva just wasn't liked and this will wade decision was a final straw on the back Uh, a lot of boosters didn't want to donate anymore to to lsu unless there was a change and that's exactly what happened
0: and i thought this change maybe carter should have been it should have happened two years ago but it waited till now, and, you know, you have people trying to say, well, it wasn't about the Will Wade situation. Well, it really was, right? I mean, it, like you just said, that was, the, that was that straw that broke the camel's back.
1: It was. And Joe Oliva, as a personality, is kind of, I, I wouldn't say off-putting, but he's different. He's not a Southerner. Um, I've interviewed him a few times during my time at LSU. And he was a little different. You can kind of tell. Like, I remember this clear as day the first-ever Lunch with less press conference. Joe Oliva, first-year athletic director. I was a young student reporter. And Joe Oliva actually sat there. There's all these tables in the room. He actually sat at a table right beside me where there was no other media members. Uh, there was a lot of LSU brass there. He didn't sit next to him, uh, to them. He was always kind of a lone wolf. And you kind of saw that with the way he athletic directed. I mean... This is a guy that didn't really care about doing the popular thing. He was very prim and proper, and he came from Duke and obviously had a lot to deal with when he was at Duke. So Joe Oliva has a very, I guess you could say, complicated legacy, but he's also the one that fired Les Miles and kind of botched that whole coaching search in and of itself. So his legacy is going to be weird. But it's going to be one that we'll never forget.
0: Hey, well, t- well, let's ask you about Scott Woodward here in a second. But you mentioned the legacy there, and uh, right now everybody's doing you know cartwheels and backflips that Joe Oliva is gone, and and I do get it considering his entire you know track record and the the less miles debacle and missing on Jimbo and Tom Herman and the first two basketball hires, I do get it, but. If you look at the state of LSU athletics, and I, I want to say you and I talked about this a couple of uh, uh, you know uh, shows ago and we talked together that almost every program up and down LSU sports is either at the best place they've ever been or, or pretty close to it. Does Joe Oliva deserve credit for that?
1: Yes, he does. I mean, it wasn't, you know, fire and brimstone. It wasn't a horrible time in LSU athletics. But this is what people tend to forget about athletic directing is that We don't know exactly what they do. We don't know exactly what all goes behind the scenes because, remember, they are getting paid a high six-figure salary to deal with a multimillion-dollar business where you pay employees different amounts, and the people that actually make you a lot of the money, you don't pay at all. So, you know, when it comes to being an athletic director, a lot of it is just being popular. A lot of it is just being liked. And Skip Bertman, like I said, was the most likable guy you'll ever meet. Joe Oliva's not that. So when you look at the way he left LSU sports, yeah, sure, you'd be fine with how things look. He wasn't the worst. He wasn't the best but it was time for a change and that's the direction lsu t- decided to go
0: so the ying to oliva's yang is certainly scott woodward who is a southerner he's from baton rouge went to catholic high went to lsu and quicker than you can say will wade wiretap here comes scott woodward on in the same day that joe oliva steps aside carter i mean this this is he couldn't have been written any better for lsu
1: yeah and obviously there was contact before all of this even happened i mean they're LSU kind of knew that this was a possibility, and obviously Scott Woodward, and his parents live in Baton Rouge. He's from there. It's a dream job to run a this athletic program, which is one of the best to run in the in the country. And he goes from Texas A&M, where he did amazing things, building Kyle Field into one of the premier facilities. Was also the one that got Jimbo Fisher there to Texas A&M. So obviously, as a track record, obviously he put Texas A&M athletics on the map. Obviously. You saw what he did in hiring a new basketball coach before he left and Buzz Williams. So, you know, he he comes with a lot of success. And you can see whichever Texas A&M reporter, it was kind of a sad thing for for Texas A&M. So here's the thing that, that people need to remember, though, is that athletic directors don't normally equate to wins and losses outside of actually hiring two people, hiring a basketball coach and hiring a football coach. Those are the two most important things you do as an athletic director. And the other thing is to make sure no nefarious activities go on on your campus. So if that's the case, then Scott Woodward should have it pretty easy early on because neither will Wade now that he's cleared whatever's going to happen. And now that uh, Ed Orgeron's coming off a good year, I think uh, he's sitting pretty taking over a pretty big athletic program.
0: Talking to Carter Bryant, host of the Carter Bryant show in South Arkansas and at Carter, the power on Twitter. Follow him there. You mentioned the magic word there. Will Wade. Was this a a tacit or explicit endorsement by the boosters and the board of regents of Will Wade? Was it not that does it not have anything to do with him? Carter, what's your read on this?
1: I think, you know, for the people out there that think, okay, everything that happened today had to do with Will Wade, it's probably a little bit in the middle. Uh, I I think people look a little too much into what boosters actually can and cannot influence. What I will tell you is that boosters don't care about morals, and Will Wade is one of the most successful basketball coaches already ever at at LSU. Yes, he's only been there a few years, but – Look at what he did. Look at the players that he recruited. LSU played a fast and frenzied and fun style of basketball, and that makes people very, very, very happy. And LSU basketball was on the map, and it was fun. The BMAC was a was place to be. They played all these thrilling games just to have it ripped away at the end of the year. So, yeah, anyone that has any kind of influence at LSU loved Will Wade outside of the head man in charge, who was Joe Oliva, and – Turns out Joe Lee was the one without a job. And I, I saw your tweets earlier. I saw you uh, your back and forth with other people about this. And you make a good point. Does this send the wrong message? Does this, does this make us even more confused on what exactly happened? Yes, yes, and yes. But in the grand scheme of things, LSU fans and the LSU boosters that matter, they just don't give a
0: rip. Yep, there's no doubt about that, uh, Carter. And Carter's a very big Pelicans fan, of course. Unabashed oh, yeah. Pelicans fan, even in the bad oh, times, yeah. Carter. And well, no bad times today, and perhaps no bad times in the imminent future, because David Griffin, who is the most sought-after front office talent in the entire NBA, chose New Orleans just as much as maybe even more than the Pelicans actually chose him. He was introduced today. What's your thoughts?
1: I love it. Uh, I'll tend to lean towards the guys that know way more about the NBA than I do, but you know I I know this is going to sound very novice, but every time David Griffin spoke as an analyst, I learned something. And I don't know if I could really say that about a bunch of former front office, a bunch of former coaches and players whenever whenever they are speaking to the media or speaking as a media member. David Griffin has a vision. He obviously has a very big-time basketball pedigree. We saw what he did at Cleveland. And this is going to be a fun time to be a Pelicans fan. Listen, Anthony Davis more than likely out the door. I'll put it at 90%. I know that there is some stories out there. Well, maybe Anthony Davis actually stays out of David Griffin. <laughs> I, don't know if you, I don't know if you can or cannot make a case there. But what I will tell you, if AD does choose to leave, I think Pelicans fans have to have a very laid-back 76ers fans from a few years ago approach to this it's going to take some lucky breaks it's going to take some lucky ping pong balls to go your way and it's going to take some time to build this team back into a competitor and I'm excited I'm excited about the future I mean I ride with Ron Pelley's all the time but said it's going to be tough because all these other Western Conference teams are already ahead of the Pelicans when it comes to the rebuild and a lot of these teams are going to be good and I think in a lot of ways the Pelicans are going to start over but at the very least, I'll have Drew Holiday to hopefully build a new team.
0: Yeah, and I asked him that, Carter. I said, or asked him, I said, do you think you can build around Drew Holiday? Do you think he can be a foundational piece? And he looked straight at me, nodded, and said, absolutely he can be. And and I believe him. Uh, and I think you're a great person to get a barometer from uh, passionate fans um, who are looking at the outside into this when he, uh, David Griffin today, says that, yes, indeed, Alvin Gentry is going to be the coach for this team next year do, do you uh, believe in alvin gentry more now that david griffin has um, his support or are you still a little tepid in the alvin gentry waters
1: yeah i think alvin's fine i do one thing i don't like though and and this is just how i've always been is that while i am a fan and while i do like alvin i want david griffin to have a clear conscience i want him to be able to come in and think what he thinks is right for the for the franchise. And I don't think everyone's just saying, hey, Alvin Gentry, got to keep him. He's the key. You know, maybe there's a different style of basketball that David Griffin thinks the Pelicans should go and, and, and play. So, you know, I, I think Alvin deserves another year. I think he handled the storm well. I know the Pelicans aren't in the playoffs this year after having a successful playoff run last year, sweeping the Blazers, who look amazing. But, you know, I I I, I think... He does deserve a new year, but I also think now that Pelicans fans are used to criticizing the GM, you got to give David Griffin at least, at least two years before you start criticizing him and thinking about going in a different direction. So give him time. Let him see what he can do with the roster, and we'll see where we go from there.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, it sounds like you're out and about on this Thursday night, or it's well, not even Thursday. It's Wednesday night. It's a hump day. Hump day night out for you, Carter.
1: Yeah, man, I'm at a uh, – there's actually a comedy competition here.
0: Oh.
1: In, uh, and, and yeah, at the, the Looney Man Comedy Club up here, I just saw a great comic called uh, – his name's Frankie Paul. He's been in the business 29 years, got a standing ovation. So I just got on talking to you, it's right right down for me right now. So it was a great show, man, and uh, life's good, man. Life's fun on the road.
0: Yeah, of course. All right, well, enjoy it, bud, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks so much. Seth, man, we'll talk to you next week, brother. All right, we'll do it. At Carter the Power on Twitter. Following there, Carter Bryant, host of the Carter Bryant Show on 107.1 FM, 1400 AM in South Arkansas. I know we have coverage there in the evening on our show. If you're in that region, that area, give them a listen every single day. We'll take a break. We'll come back with an NBA and NHL scoreboard and talk a little more about the Pelicans, introducing David Griffin to fans and the media today out at Pelicans Camp next on The Last Lap.